0: Hi there, welcome back. It's a new year and a return to MLEX's regular weekly podcast. My name is James Paniki, coming to you from the MLEX offices in Melbourne, Australia. I hope you're well, wherever you may be listening to us this year. There is plenty of colour and movement likely to be unleashed over the next 11 or so months. Lots of big stories for us to follow in 2023, so we're expecting it to be quite a ride. Speaking of meta-platforms, the social media giant is going to have to fork out not millions but billions of dollars in fines and lawsuit settlements over the course of the year. And more importantly, it's facing what will be the most significant challenge to its business model ever. Why is that? Well, it's all about the rivers of gold, the data that companies like Meta's Facebook are able to hoover up and monetize. It's not that those rivers are about to dry up, but regulators are certainly starting to turn the taps. It's a kind of big-picture story that requires a forward-looking piece of analysis written from both sides of the Atlantic, and what are the chances that's exactly what our reporters Mike Swift and Sam Clark have provided us with. Mike is Mlex's Chief Global Digital Risk Correspondent based in San Francisco. Sam Clark is our London-based correspondent covering data privacy and security in Ireland and the UK. And both of them are with me right now. So let's start from the US. Uh, Mike Mehta's $725 million settlement over data sharing with apps is the largest data protection litigation settlement in US history. And so, well, I mean, let's start by talking about that. Why was it so large, and
1: how does it reflect US data protection litigation trends? Yeah, it's a lot of money, isn't it? Uh, at some point when you're getting close to a billion dollars, it sort of starts to, stop, starts to lose its meaning. But um, there are a number of reasons why this one was so large. Uh, first of all, uh, the number of people affected. Essentially, the uh, settlement class is going to include the entire adult population of the United States and teenagers down to the age of 13. Secondly, the seriousness of the conduct alleged. That essentially, the plaintiffs are saying um, that Facebook essentially allowed all of their every one single one of their users' data to be shared in ways that they didn't know about and couldn't expect and didn't have a chance to consent to. And then third, I think, is just that um, there's a trend that these settlements are just getting bigger and bigger in the United States. And uh, the uh, plaintiffs in their filing had some really interesting data about all that.
0: Now, it is certainly a big number, but there's not what we would call in the trade injunctive relief, right? I mean, the settlement doesn't include any requirements for Meta to change how it collects, how it shares the data of its users. How typical is that? And why did the plaintiffs not get injunctive relief written into the
1: statement? Well, it's not very typical. Um, It's actually more common to see settlements that are injunctive relief only with no financial damages. Um, You know, you see that more frequently. Here, um, what the plaintiffs are saying is that uh, Facebook has already fixed the problem. They've closed the door on this data. It's not leaking out in millions of ways, partly because the Federal Trade Commission in 2020 finalized a very uh, detailed order that uh, requires very extensive and close oversight of how Facebook Now Meta handles its data. Uh, So they're saying that uh, that practice has stopped and that they have uh, some pledges from uh, executives at the company now saying that we will never do this again. We have no plans to do this again. However, it's very notable that there is no promise as part of this settlement that they can never do it again. So we'll have to see how the judge views that. It could be interesting.
0: Okay, Sam. Let me bring you into the conversation. Significant fines there for Meta in the US, but what's the state of play in the EU?
2: Uh, yeah, so it's it's funny that Mike should mention uh, the the billion dollar figure because uh, by my calculations, Meta has now passed I think a billion euros in a, in about the last year um, for data protection fines in in the EU. That's kind of been across three three really big ones. So Instagram got fined four hundred five million. Facebook got fined two hundred and sixty five million, uh, and then most recently there was some fines against Facebook and Instagram and whatsapp, so all meta units amounting to about four hundred million euros so all that put together is 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 a billion uh, these are you know hefty hefty fines uh, and there's a few other kind of smattering of, of others as well sort of in the in the tens of millions, which I, I think goes to show we've come quite a long way because I remember reporting on the first sort of gdpr fines and Something in the millions was was a, a really big deal. Uh, and now things in the tens of millions are kind of small change.
0: And Sam, unlike the US settlement, some recent EU regulatory enforcement does, in fact, tell Meta to change how it collects data. So there is uh, some direction there. What's the significance of that?
2: Yeah, so uh, one of those ones that I just mentioned, um, Facebook and Instagram and WhatsApp, those were cases about their legal basis to process data. It sounds sort of really legalistic and technical, but essentially uh, under the GDPR, you have to have a legal basis to process data. There's six of them, really only three are relevant here. And the one that um, Meta was using uh, was something called performance of a contract. And these investigations were into whether they could do that. And the regulator, after some toing and froing with the other regulators, uh, the Irish regulator found that No, they can't. And the significance of that really is that it's, you know, Meta's business uh, is processing data, essentially, if you really boil it down. And anything that makes that more difficult just inevitably has consequences. And to sort of take it to its logical conclusion, I suppose, Meta opted to change from seeking consent for targeted adverts anyway on the day the GDPR came into force. So it clearly doesn't like that route it's just been told it can't use this this contract legal basis uh and there's really kind of one remaining which is called legitimate interests and that itself is is really not exactly clear cut or simple there's sort of guidance and litigation going on which suggests that can't be used for targeted adverts either so maybe they go back to consent and that comes with its own problems people don't want to consent a lot of the time so yeah it's really it's really a big deal
0: And very briefly, Sam, while we might be fascinated as outside observers by that, you know, €1 billion threshold, the question is, are all of these fines significant enough for Meta to want to appeal them? Is that what uh, lies on the
2: horizon? Uh, Yes, so uh, they have appealed all of those fines that I just mentioned, and it's going to be complicated. It's going to be a lot of, frankly, a lot of work for us to track it because several of those appeals... Um, are being sort of done in several places in several ways. So, for example, uh, the Instagram 405 million euro fine that related to uh, children's privacy, that has been appealed twice in Ireland domestically, so one judicial review application and one garden variety appeal, and then uh, also in Europe at the EU General Court. The thing in, in the EU General Court is an application to annul the, the decision of the European Data Protection Board, which is the umbrella body of EU data regulators, which kind of directed the Irish to to take a tougher stance to do a slightly bigger fine. And that's going to get very complicated. There's already been some back and forth and another attempt to do that in another case, which got dismissed, but that will probably be appealed. And I should say there are probably many more fines coming. Financial documents from Meta in Ireland uh, showed that they set aside... For 2022 and 2023, they set aside 3 billion euros for data protection fines. As I just said, I think we're at a bit more than 1 billion. So maybe we'll see 2 billion more um, or there or thereabouts this year. Obviously, that's huge. Um, and probably more appeals and more complexity.
0: Yes, I, I'm enjoying the way we're talking about billions of dollars or billions of euro as though it were nothing. <laughs> but uh, that's that's uh, that's a new tenor of the conversation. Uh,
2: just just to just to jump in to, to some extent, some people think it is um, the, the the sort of campaign group Noyb Noyb that, that brought these complaints. They said they they did an announcement just the other day that said that they think the Irish regulator has. I think they framed it as, as given Meta a €3.5 billion euro gift because they say the Irish regulator could have could have fined them way, way, way more for this, uh, this recent legal basis stuff. So some people see it as, yeah, small change.
0: Well, that's right, and uh, maybe Zuckerberg won't even notice paying $3 billion, but for us it's obviously a lot of dough. Mike, uh, when will the company's data protection legal costs actually start to really affect the bottom line in your
1: in your view well we should get a sense of that you know as soon as two weeks from now when uh, meta reports its uh, quarterly earnings uh, on february 1st and that's going to be a significant filing because it's the fourth quarter it's the biggest quarter and they report their numbers for the whole year and uh, file their uh, 10k report where we're really going to get some detail maybe but They've been really good at sort of obscuring how much legal actually costs them because they sort of hide it under a larger category called um, general and administrative costs. That, however, is a number that's been growing really rapidly, and we've taken note of that. But, you know, just to respond to what Sam uh, just said and, uh, you know, NOYB's complaint, what really affects these companies is not monetary fines. It's their ability to collect and process data and make money from that. And that's really the bottom line that they worry about. Um, There was some really interesting testimony from a former uh, chief security officer of Twitter who basically said that, that, you know, these financial fines, while they look shockingly large to us, like, you know, the GDP for a small country, that what really affects them is their ability to collect data and make money, and, and that's where they really worry about this.
0: Well, Sam, if that's the case, so that the main game for companies like Meta is the ability to collect data and, you know, finds uh, neither here nor there, no matter how many billions we're talking about, from where you are, is there anything that is, in fact, uh, I mean, anything else that might, uh, at this stage, affect Meta's ability to collect data? Uh,
2: yeah, so two things. Um, one of them is, is kind of... Interesting because it's slightly off our regulatory beat in a way. It's something that another company has done, Apple. Um, and this has sort of been well covered, but it's worth stressing the the real impact of it. Apple made various sort of privacy-related changes, uh, the, the kind of the upshot of which is that it's easier for people to say no to being tracked, essentially. And uh, that's worrying meta. An executive said on an, on an earnings call last year, that they expect a multi-billion-dollar drop in revenue because of that, so that's really significant. Uh, and the second thing is the Digital Markets Act, which is a, a, a really major piece of EU competition law, antitrust law, and that will require so-called gatekeepers to get clear, explicit, renewed, informed consent for targeted advertising. Uh, and that that wording is quite significant because it's really similar to what's in the um, in the GDPR: clear, explicit informed. Um, and that's known to be a hard bar to pass. And for being frank, Meta is, doesn't have a particularly good reputation uh, for you know, data related issues. People just are suspicious of it when it comes to privacy. So if they are given an opportunity to opt out, uh, if they are asked in really clear terms, there's a good chance that they will. I should say that gatekeepers under the Digital Markets Act haven't yet been designated. That will happen in September this year. But it, it really seems likely that Meta will be one.
1: Mike does
0: that resonate with
1: you yeah definitely I mean um, you know we always listening to listen to the earnings calls and um, one common theme that we've been hearing over the last year is that with you know Apple's ATT changes um, uh, Mark Zuckerberg and and Facebook's uh, former chief financial officer have keep, keep using the phrase we're losing the signal meaning that uh, they can no longer uh, as easily track people and document uh, where they're going online and then use that to target advertising and and also to measure the effectiveness of that advertising for Uh, companies that buy those ads. So um, that's also a critical function, the analytics side of it. And that's clearly affecting them. You're seeing the vice really squeeze on targeted advertising in a way we've never seen before, both in Europe and the U.S. through all these different means. And uh, you know, it's hard to know uh, what this picture is going to look like in five years from now, but I think it's certainly going to be different.
0: And finally, Mike, to bring it back to personalities rather than big business, uh, nearly three dozen meta-executives were deposed as part of the litigation. Mark Zuckerberg and Sheryl Sandberg were both on the list to give sworn depositions. What happened to their depositions?
1: Well, a class action lawsuit in the United States is kind of like a game of chicken that um, both sides essentially are saying, you know, um, we're pushing this towards trial. We're trying to avoid it. And one... um, Hammer that the plaintiffs can sort of hold over the heads of the defendant, uh, uh, Facebook Meta, in this case, is that we're going to yank your top executives. We're going to subject them to sworn depositions. Then we're going to have a trial, and and you're going to be forced to account for everything you say, and you know maybe be looked at like a liar on a, in a federal courtroom. And you know no company um, wants its apex executives to be subjected to that and it was very fascinating because the plaintiffs in their in their filing um sort of identified every deposition they took and the dates of it and the final deposition was on August 26th when they said we're all set to depose Mark Zuckerberg and Sheryl Sandberg we have about 20,000 documents to impeach them with we're, you know we're set to go in that very day all of a sudden, there's a settlement in principle. So you have to wonder, you know, did Meta blink in this game of chicken to uh, so Mark Zuckerberg wouldn't be subjected to, you know, six hours of withering, withering questions from a very mean lawyer? We don't know exactly, and, and only maybe the parties know themselves, but uh, it's sort of an interesting little bit of theater to, to speculate about.
0: Mike and Sam, it was great reading your analysis of the challenges that lie ahead for Meta. Thank you so much for speaking to me today. Really appreciate it.
1: Thanks, James. Thank you.
0: Sam Clark is our London-based correspondent covering data privacy and security in Ireland and the UK. Mike Swift is MLEX's chief global digital risk correspondent based in San Francisco and will link to two pieces of analysis on the year ahead for Meta slash Facebook – at our web page the url that you'll need for that is mlexmarketinsight.com that's m l e x marketinsight.com the second tab from the left on that page is called news hub that's where you need to go for the very best of mlex's reporting and analysis There's also an archive of our podcasts. If you missed our special series of podcasts looking ahead at 2023 over the holidays, well, that's where you'll need to go to catch up. You'll find plenty of great insight from our reporters around the world. Now, that's where we'll have to leave the program for today. We'll be back with you quite regularly from now on, so please keep an eye on your feed. And don't forget to subscribe on iTunes, SoundCloud, Spotify and Stitcher. The MLEX podcast is produced and presented by me, James Paniki. Our London-based marketing team does the heavy lifting in getting this humble MP3 file into your speakers and into your headsets. And our executive producer is Richard Thompson. From all of us here at MLEX and LexisNexis, thank you for your company. Bye for now.